Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 483. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 15th, 2022. Yeah. Were you reading the date off your ceiling? No, it's just it's pointing oh, to, the, it's to the world map. Very inspiring. You keep the world map on the ceiling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're talking about our 80s Grady. So in celebration of season four of Stranger Things coming out over on the Netflix, uh, we're going to be taking a look at some of our favorite stuff from the 80s. So some of our favorite movies, TV shows, games, toys, food, songs, you name it. It's freeform discussion. A lot of great 80s stuff, and it's all getting a little bit of a, a showcase now. Nostalgia's the big thing, boys. Yeah. I say is. as I'm drinking out of my Ninja Turtle uh, glass with my Ghostbusters coaster beneath it. Wow. Uh, as, as I'm drinking out of my pineapple-shaped glass with, uh, I was, it was, it was on DC versus Vampire Hunters. <laughs> nice. And what are you drinking, John? I am drinking from Burlington Beer Company. This is their Creatures of Magic. This is a 6.5% New England-style IPA, and this is just nice. It's a nice 6.5% beer. Like, I, I, you can't tell, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm about halfway through. It's got a nice juiciness, a nice little bitterness to it. It really kind of coats the mouth. Uh, all around, just really nice, really nice beer. Nice. nice. Paul, I saw you were drinking off of a fun. Yeah, I'm drinking off of a coaster that we got years ago, guys. This is uh, from the Jason Aaron run of Wolverine and the X-Men, number one. This is a fun coaster. And I'm drinking a fun beer that was recommended to me by uh, my good friend. Uh, who was it again? I forgot. But uh, somebody told me about Neon Boodles. It was me. Oh, it was Chris. He you had it. John, I had it on the show last week. Did you have it on the show with Chris last week, or did you not, John? I yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. He, he doesn't remember. He was too busy watching the uh, trailer. The trailer. Also, didn't Chris just say we drank that last week? He said he. I, I think I said I drank it. Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to include, make sure John was included. I could have misremembered. Um. This is, yeah, the Tropical Raspberry Hazy IPA. It's a collab between uh, Thin Man Brewery and also Oma Gang. Oma Gang's known for their, they have a neon, yeah, their neon line, right? And then you have uh, Thin Man with their Mickey Boodles, which is their sour. So this is a bringing together. You keep, I mean, I'm, am I giving you enough? You keep saying these things, then looking into yeah. the camera, waiting for me to give you like, yes, that's yes, correct. That's correct. Okay. Because I'm just waiting for you to jump in and correct me, because that's what normally happens. I was given I was given the head nods, yeah. but I wasn't sure if you needed more than that. I, I wanted a head nod. Um, this is good. Yeah, this is like a Mickey Boodle, but thinned down a little bit. I get a little bit of the IPA aftertaste, uh, but it's a nice, easy, very summertimey beer. That raspberry tart just really mellows out that uh, with that IPA on the back. So. I think it's decent. Like I'm, I'm happy that they did this collab. I know it's at the end of the run, like you said last week, John. So, 
if I see it again, I forgot. It depends on the price point. So you remember John saying that last week, but you don't remember him <laughs> drinking the beer. I don't remember if he drank it or not. No. No, especially after, Chris, you said I drank it last week and not we drank it last week. So it made me question everything. Um, That's okay. <laughs> then I'm like, wait, did I not drink it on this show? But I'm drinking it. All right. And that's and Chris. So what are you, what are you drinking out of your Ninja Turtles class uh, today? I stopped by Sideward Brewing here in Orlando for lunch and just to grab a couple beers for tonight. Also drank a couple there. But I'm starting off with their People of the Sun, and this is a wheat ale brewed with Florida citrus and Florida cane sugar. Uh, mm. I'm looking for the ABV. I'm not seeing it on the can. Um, I've had this before, and I remember not especially loving it. But they brought it back, so I figured I would try it again. And drinking it now, I thought I liked it more than I do because I'm still not really impressed with it. Um, definitely very wheat, like malt forward. And then the Florida citrus on it, it's all very much kind of like pithy, like orange rind. Um, so it's just kind of like a big blast of bitter. Um, not something that I would really expect out of a wheat ale. Um and then that cane sugar kind of just gets covered up on the back end. But Now, when you say you thought you liked it more, meaning when you had it at the brewery today? Uh, I had I had it like a year or two ago okay. from the brewery. Um, I heard no, you say that, time. but I didn't – you said, like, I didn't think I liked it. And then it seemed like you might have had it today I, and been like, oh, I liked it more. Now I'm drinking out of the can. I, not. I remember not liking it especially – much, but then I thought I liked it more than I actually do. Okay. Um, my memories of it are better than what I'm actually having now. Um, I picked up a four-pack of it. I drank one while I was doing prep work for the episode today. Uh, the other two, I'll, I'll drink them in time, but I'm not, I'm not ba-da-ba-ba-ba-loving it. Mm. Mm. But what we are loving are some movie trailers that came out this week, right, guys? Yeah. Wait, which one is for this again? Um, so the big one that actually just came out today is we got our first full look at Warner Brothers and DC Comics' Black Adam, starring The Rock. Uh, the long-awaited and much-anticipated Black Adam movie. Um, John, Paul, you guys both just watched this trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched it this morning when you sent it. Hmm. I, I was busy working. <laughs> so, so that's was okay. But Paul, you you watched it uh, most recently. What are your thoughts? Uh, man, this is the, the the voice that The Rock uses reminds me so much of the voice that he uses for the narration <clears throat> of the Jungle Cruise movie. That I'm like, okay, they're both. No, you're you're thinking about uh, the narration he uses for Young Rock. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Uh, did he have this beer on last week's episode? Yes. Okay, yes. he did. Uh, so everything feels very formulaic in this trailer. Like, Chris, you, you said, oh, yeah, it just looks like every DC trailer. And it's, I don't know, I'm hoping it finds its heart. Like, it's it's trying to pull at some heartstrings. It's like, and then I was resurrected by my son, who died in my arms. And I'm like, okay. But will you emote that at all, Rock? Or are, are we going to just... Are you just going to be high-fiving airplanes into the ground? Like, I, 
like, will there actually be heart delivered in this movie? I, I doubt it. I thought Adam I, Smasher I, looked I, cool. I, I, yeah, yeah, but uh, do I? Do you want your Black Adam to have heart? I want no, superhero well, also, movies to have heart. <laughs> but it's not going to, and they literally take a moment to tell you that, like, because it's Hawkman speaking to Black Adam, be like, "There's heroes and villains. Heroes don't kill." And Black Adam, I do. Uh-huh. Like they're they're wearing on their sleeve. And John, you said it looks fun, and I think. It doesn't look fun, but it's like the DC universe trying to have fun with stuff in the only way that they kind of know how. Because, probably like you said, like it seems very grim, dark. They're trying to put heart in there. It seems like they're trying to put fun in there. And I think they're still trying to find that right balance, and they're not going to. Right. I think the Doctor Fate stuff looks really cool, though. I like Pierce Brosnan <laughs> a lot. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking, like, I'm not looking for a great superhero movie. Like, and I don't mean, like, great as in, like, I want a good superhero movie out of this. But I'm not looking for Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, I'm I'm going to see a DC movie. I understand it's not going to be very good, but I want to be at least somewhat entertained by it. That's that's all I can hope for. Um, and something I'm hoping is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we also just got our teaser trailer for Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Uh, noted horror fan and director. We also know him from his stints as Rob Zombie making shock rock music. Uh, has always been a huge fan of The Monsters. He actually has his whole house that he lives in modeled after the Munster's house. Um, when it was announced he was doing this, I was like, great, is Lily Munster going to be played by his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie? And yes, of course. Yes, she is. Um, but I follow him on Instagram, and he's been putting up stuff for the past like two months, just the different characters he's bringing in from the Munster's mythology. It, it looks fun, and the whole teaser is basically just the original intro for the monsters with like Herman walking through the door and then Lily and um, grandpa, grandpa, grandpa monster, like kind of walking through the hole that he leaves. Uh, it's, it's got some charm. I'm just hoping it's more, more fun than some of the other Rob zombie movies that have come out where he just focuses on being like overly dark and violent because you can't have that with the monsters. I don't think, I think he, I think him being a fan like means it can't be, but I don't know. I think just from that opening, it's going to have a... Like, that opening has that feel of cheesiness to it and awkwardness. And it's not like the breakout where he walks through the door. Like, you can already kind of see the seam in it. And it just kind of folds out. And then Grandpa walking through with the shovel and he bumps it. Like, it looks clunky which i think he's doing on purpose so i think it's i don't think it's gonna be a rob zombie movie like when we went to see any of we saw most of those together but what was the one with the the weird flipper baby and (laughs) the uh the witch one the oh lords of salem lords of salem 
you know, I don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah. I, I think just, it's going to... Besides Rob Zombie and, like, the fringe Munster fans that are out mm-hmm. there, because I always think Munsters is kind of the dark horse in that Abs Family Munsters battle, I just don't know who else this movie's really going to be for. Like, I don't know anybody who's going to be, you know, Top Gun Mavering, Mavericking, their way to the movie theater to see this. Like, I don't see this being a huge draw. Yeah, but I don't think they put... I don't think... Oh, my... Oh. Here. Something happened with John. We can still see him, but I think Audessi uh, died on him or he crashed. Uh, but even recently, and recently, I mean, like 12 years ago, we had the 1313 Mockingbird Lane yeah. show from Brian Fuller that was kind of like the NBC event that was, you know, the pilot trying to make the monsters the thing again. Didn't perform. Did I not Didn't see do a it? Thing. Did that actually yeah, was, air? That actually aired. It was starring uh, Jerry O'Connell was uh, Herman. I'm pretty sure that was just a fever dream I had. No, it's it's real. I'm looking it's it up really right now to see if I can watch it anywhere. Um, it's probably on Peacock, I'm going to assume. Uh, but it it was charming. But again, like it was a little bit more of a dis- like departure from the monsters and like mm-hmm. a updated take on it. Uh, this seems to be a lot more just... Monsters go home, monsters, and I'm okay with that. But I don't know if anybody else is going to be. Me either. I yeah i I liked the monsters growing up, like in reruns and everything. Like them and the Adams, those were like some of my favorite shows. Like as a as a small child, you know, and um, just because they were adults being really silly. Like I, you know, sometimes as a kid, I would just took their macabreness as being, you know goofy and weird and silly and it made me laugh but now as an adult and i'm like okay cool cool but what's the story here like what's going on um i watched the Adams family movies you know as a teenager didn't really love them um then i watched you know the oscar isaac voiced animated one did not like that (laughs) See, I still haven't seen that, but I really do enjoy Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. I think those movies are very fun, like, 90s updates on things. I think they kind of boil down Adam's Family to, like, the essence and updated it perfectly well. I would rather watch those than the original Adam's Family. Yeah. Well, you know what? The original Adam's Family is kind of fun to just have on in the background. It's so... But, yeah, I just don't get this and then they show at the very end now in living color and i'm like that looks awful like why why do that but then another trailer that we actually got and another adaptation that i've eagerly been awaiting is coming out from netflix and this is the sandman this is based off of the neil gaiman comic series from dc and dc vertigo uh Long anticipated, and I think this trailer actually really delivers. Everything I would want to see from a Sandman story looks like it's actually going to be in this uh, adaptation. And I was so amped for it, I actually sent the uh, trailer to my mom after I sent it to you guys, because she's never read the books. Uh, But I think it's something she'd really be into. Uh, Yeah, I thought it looked great. I think uh, they captured it. It's great that it's going to be a miniseries um, versus a movie, because how do you in- interpret that series and just make it into one movie? Um, it wouldn't do any... 
it wouldn't do service to the book or to any fans. But um, definitely the to do a series, I think, is going to look good. The guy who is playing Dream looks great. Um, yeah, it's like spot on, hundred percent. Um, Very thin. Yeah. Very gangly. And uh, I think a lot of the other characters, uh, the other character actors in, that they have cast, I think are all going to be great. I actually pulled up the cast list because I feel bad because I could not remember the name of the actor who's playing uh, Dream. And it's because I don't know him from anything else but um, Tom Sturridge. But then just looking at the rest of the cast list, uh, Jenna Coleman, who we see in the trailer, playing Joanna Constantine. Uh, David Thewlis, uh, who's Lupin. I know who he is. From Harry Potter. And uh, also the gross, dying sixth son from Dragonheart. Yeah. Not, not, not where he thought I was going. Went there anyways. Uh, Charles Dance, Stephen Fry, uh, Patton Oswalt, Gwendolyn Christie. Like, this, this is a solid, solid cast. Doesn't... Uh, uh... Penn Oswald only plays the Raven? Yes, he does the voice of Matthew the Raven. Okay. I get very Which, confused because did he do a voice in the Amazon uh, Audible series? I don't think so. That was, was that, I still haven't checked that out. I don't and, know. And was that so. directed by uh, John, uh, Jonathan Gordon-Levitt? No. Jonathan Gordon-Levitt. He, he was originally supposed to be dream in a movie that they were talking about making it years ago and then the guy who plays professor x in the new x-men series uh, whatever that guy's name is i can't remember it he's the voice <clears throat> excuse me he's the voice of dream in the audible series mr tumnus i can't think of his name either yes he was it he was in glass not glass the other one split uh, no he was in glass split. too was okay. I I didn't see that one. Oh, they made a glass too. I didn't even see that one. Oh man, you gotta put that on my watch list. Mm-hmm. Jokes, guys. Got jokes, but yeah, Sandman looks awesome. Uh, coming out August fifth. This is our first actual look at the release date for it. It's a great time for streaming TV, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. Did he see the other thing that uh, came out for streaming coming to Hulu? Uh, Prey. Uh, the yeah. Predator movie. I did. Oh, okay. I've heard of it, but I didn't see anything about it. Is there uh, a trailer for it? Yes, oh. there is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Were you watching it before? Is that why you didn't... Uh... No. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't pay attention. It's, it's basically a girl getting hunted by a bear, and then the bear is dead. And then, Does... you know. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a little more than, than that. <laughs> that was a very so, poor description yeah. of it, Paul. Okay. So, Paul, I thank you for bringing it up. John, I'm I'm <laughs> jumping to you now. Where does this look to place in the Predator pantheon? Uh, like, is I, this Predator, Predator 2, is Predators? I think it's it'll be close to maybe Predator. Uh, because this is following, like, a Native American girl who's trying to protect, I think, her brother, who's one of the hunters, protect him from getting killed by the predator it's it's a you know a prequel if you were uh and she looks pretty badass because she's like i might not be good at hunting but i'm good at surviving and um it it looks really it looks really cool looks fun i'm I'm actually gonna take a note to yeah it's called Uh, prey 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 coming out okay so it's not like it's not like predators prey it's just prey prey yep okay cool i'm not i thank you for the clarification on that because i definitely something i want to check out 
uh, since it's coming to um, Hulu, they were able to do another voice line, audio track, in Kamachi. They brought really? all the uh, actors back because they're all indigenous people that are, you know, the main characters. And they all re-recorded their lines in Kamachi. So, you can watch it. Uh, that's that's solid. Like, that's okay. actually an awesome idea. And that, that's something I would probably check out over just watching, like, the regular one just because the the flavor of it. It probably... It, I don't think they actually... It's not going to be... Like, the voice won't line up, because I think... Yeah, that's... I'm okay with that. I mean, I've spent too many years watching anime to to care about subbed and nubbed. But, wow, that's that's really cool. So, yeah. Ah, She's getting haunted by the bear. And then the bear is dead, and it's just floating there. It's a cool scene. It's a cool scene. You don't sell it that way. No, eh, it's about this girl with this uh, bear, and then uh, it's floating. Like that's how you sold it in the beginning. Like it wasn't like, oh, that was a. It's a really cool scene because you see like that bear start charging at her, and she shoots off an arrow. Then she swims into the water, and she goes up into a beaver dam, and then the bear just barrels through the beaver dam and is about to get her. And then all of a sudden, you just see it get to stop. Drop and get pulled back and then lifted up in the air by the by this yeah. invisible creature. That's the alien, like or the predator. It's ludicrous. Oh, ludicrous is in it too. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you is stop the secret. Drop, <laughs> get that hair above your head. Drop. Is this the secret uh, Fast and the Furious predator crossover film that everybody has been waiting for? Yep. Yes. Wow, that's Man. that's why they're going to space in the new in the new movie. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Uh, uh, fast time your seatbelts, guys. Do we want to do our uh, next beers, or do we want to jump into the list? We can do our next beers because I'm not going to finish this, and I probably will okay. open another beer. Uh, and the beer I'm not going to finish is from Ithaca Brewing Company, and this is part of their Hop Labs. This is limited release number two. This is a cryo-hopped beer, and the reason I picked it up is because they took their original Creeker Double IPA. We all enjoyed that beer years ago. Uh, and they added um, cryo-hop blend. Uh, they whirlpooled it. They dry-hopped it. It should be like a new version. Uh, a, a new version of this beer Remastered, you know, a remastered version. You know, they're mm-hmm. yeah, we're pulling the hops, we're doing all yeah. this, and this is just blah. There's nothing that they're double, you know, they're dry hopping, they're new hop, all that stuff. It's just ooh, doesn't even smell that great. It's it's, but you're smelling it out of a pineapple. I know. I thought it would smell like pineapple. But it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a, it ta- it just came out, but it tastes like an, I, a West Coast IPA that has sat on your shelf way too long. Like, the hop character's not there, it's malty, it kind of has that bubble gumminess, like, it's just not, it's just not there. Well said. Um, hate to rub it in your face, but I am actually really loving and enjoying my next beer. And 
I can't remember if I actually sent you guys each a can of this or if it was something I was going to send to you and I wound up drinking them last year. Uh, but also from Sideward, this is their Audit in Progress um, double IPA. It's hard yeah, to yeah. see the can, um, but it looks just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's like the old dot matrix. I believe uh, we had really, that. They, mm-hmm. they put it out around tax time mm. uh, last year. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that they put it out now, but I am definitely happy that they put it out again because it's so wonderful. And after that first, uh, beer I had, that was just that overly bitter, pithy orange rind. Uh, this is just, a delicious, nice, sweet, juicy double IPA. Uh, kind of milkshakey. I don't think there's any like uh, milk sugars or anything in here to give it that like little oomph. But this is this is fantastic. Um, doesn't have the ABV on the side of the can. It's fine. It's a double IPA. It's probably a little bit higher, but I've only got one more for the rest of the night and it's a sour and I'm going to have that during the main topic. So it's okay if I can let this linger for a little bit because this is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. You guys remember having it or just remember? I, I remember the can. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, unfortunately. That's, that's the downside to drinking a lot of beers, like. Sometimes I'll remember stuff. It's like, yeah, I had that, but I can't remember specifics of it. Mm-hmm. But you know what I always remember? To buy your books every week? Do sometimes. Actually, I don't. <laughs> it was a terrible segue because I lied. I just lied right there. But yeah, guys, uh, we got some comic books coming out this week, June 15th. So, uh, Paul, what's what's climbing to the top of your list? Uh, so what's climbing to the top of my list is something that uh, I noticed last episode. It's now free because I'm a Prime member on Comixology, and that's the first two trades of Star Wars. Because we were talking about me picking up Black or just Chrysanthemum number one, and I realized it was just a collection of stories that were already in the Star Wars books. And why pay for something when you can get it for free? Well, I guess I already technically paid for it with the Amazon Prime <laughs> subscription, Prime. which is going to end, uh, I think, near August fourth. So. What's great is all these great things that are releasing on August 5th, it's going to be a great uh, reminder to cancel my Amazon Prime <laughs> membership because Hulu, Netflix, I'm good. I, I, I don't need Prime. But what about the what about the um, Lord of the Rings show? The Pink Show? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. The Rings oh. of Power. When does that start? Is that September something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, we talked about it. I can't remember now. And it's actually from a lot of the reviews, because Amazon flew out all these um, Lord of the Rings influencers, people who have channels and have all that. They flew them all out and some scholars, not my aunt, uh, but flew out some Tolkien scholars, and none of them had anything bad to say. Like, everybody walked away and was like, yeah, there's... I think they're only allowed to watch the first three episodes, um, but they were like, "It is Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings quality, the way it looks, mm-hmm. like it, everything looks amazing." And um, for how much money Amazon is sinking into those episodes, gotta, like, it's got to be good. Yeah. They're like they changed some, they changed a couple things, but it's like it's superficial things. It's nothing like you would be like, "Oh, I can't believe they did that." It was more like, "Oh, that makes sense." Um, but they all had pretty glowing reviews for it, so I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah. As someone who's been reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings to my son, 
the three the three year old kid. Uh, uh, I'm excited for it. I've kind of reading. At what point in talking about Tom Bombadil's pants do his eyes start to glaze over, and you're just like, "Eh, we skip, skip, skip." Uh, we haven't gotten that far with that. Okay, we do we do the Hobbit most of it. We watch. I I wanted him to watch the movie before we read the book, and he's watched a little bit of the first Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But he's in, he, not too in, he, not too intense. I mean, we've talked about him watching other stuff before and yeah. him being okay. Yeah. With because. Uh, he no. I mean, like he. Lo- I mean, he loves Lord of the Rings. We watch, or he loves The Hobbit. <laughs> we watch the um, we've watched the seventies cartoon numerous uh-huh. times, and we does he like the songs. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't okay. care about those. Really, I, I thought that'd be fun. No, because uh, it's me read singing them in the book, and then in the the cartoon, it just kind of takes up time for him. Um, but he loves watching um, Smog and Bilbo talking, like the clips from the Peter Jackson movie. We watch those clips all the time. He loves Smog, Smoog, Smoog, Smog. But every time Ow. he every time he gets a dragon, they're like, "What are you going to name him?" Smog. Like, <laughs> okay, all right. Smog. Smog. So, anyways, I'm excited for it. I would keep my Amazon Prime for it. Okay. And what are you keeping on the top of your pull list for the week, John? Uh, I'm gonna I'm Mr. Moneybags over here because I'm gonna yeah. spend seven ninety nine on the new Fantastic Four. Marvel Tales number one, and uh, I believe this is going to be a um, an anthology series that's going to keep oh. changing creators, artists, and characters within it. Um, but we are starting out with the new Fantastic Four, and this is the team that consists of Spider-Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. Reason I wanted to pick this up is because I have the first issue of. When when they were that, and I used to love reading it. I only had the first issue. Um, I used to read it over and over again, and I I loved it. And I loved it enough that I would be like, "Hey, they're bringing the band back together. Yeah, let's let's go for it." And then if this anthology series is fun, I'll keep maybe checking out what's going on. Yeah, you do yeah, your I calculations s- and get back to me, man. Yeah, I could see reading that book as a kid. And thinking, like, it's really cool because it's such a weird group of characters to bring together as the Fantastic Four. Like, if I bought that out of a supermarket spinner rack in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, I would absolutely love that. That would, that would be my Fantastic Four, probably. So Yeah. So and it's, it's um, Grey Hulk, too. Yeah. So it's the Smart Hulk. Yeah, it's kind of like the Mr. Fix-It Hulk. Yeah. So, I can, okay, so... Reed Richards is talking to Bruce Banner, being like, Bruce, you know, can you fill in for me? Actually, it's Sue. I think Sue pulls this team together. Oh, weird. Because I could see Johnny getting Spider-Man to do it. Yeah, I think it's more of all all four kind of half. If I if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, it's kind of all, all four of them just kind of happen together and fight and team up. But it's not mm-hmm. like... This person for this person, like in in the Fantastic Four before, when it's like, oh, She Hulk places the thing. This person does this. It was just kind of these guys got together and they're like, oh, they're they're the new Fantastic Four. There's there's four of them. So I think the only I think thing- that was actually the 
tagline for Fantastic uh, when it came out. It was they're the Fantastic Four. There's four of them. Yeah, <laughs> that movie. That movie was really bad too. That's what keeps us from becoming the Fantastic Four. It's the only difference. It's, there's only three of us. Only three, three of us. Uh, well, producer Scott left us so early on. He did. It's okay. We we found a way. We found producer a way. Scott and the producer is the Mister is the uh, mailman Mister. Ah, Jeepers Creepers! Why can't I wink? Winkleson, Winkle. What you know? The mailman. The mailman. That comes to the Baxter, Baxter Building. Carl Malone. No, Chris. What's your book? <laughs> uh. So it's funny just because, Paul, I made fun of you last week for picking up Chrysanthemum uh-huh. um, because it's a reprint. Willie Lumpkin. <laughs> That's it. Uh, they have come out before. And now, John, you're picking up a new anthology series. Uh, my book's actually a reprint coming out of an anthology series. Mm. And this is the DC Pride Tim Drake special, number one. And this is actually collecting stories from Batman Urban Legends 4 through 6 and number 10 with a brand new story. Um, 56 pages, five ninety nine. I did not know about this Batman Urban Legends series before because it's literally kind of what you're talking about, John, with the Fantastic Four book, where it's basically rotating creators all doing tales set in the Batman universe. And, you know, the first three books might have been, like, four different stories continuing on. It's almost what DC was doing with the uh, DC Universe or DC Comics Presents title back when they relaunched the new 52. Um, I kind of slept on this, and I think I just passed it up because I saw it was called Batman Urban Legends, and I'm like, oh, I've fallen off of reading Batman books. Uh, eventually, I'll get back into it. I don't need to start picking up a Batman book again. Uh, this is something that's definitely up my alley, though, and I'm going to treat this Tim Drake special as kind of my dipping my toe into that pool, and then maybe I'll jump onto it or go back and pick up some of those earlier issues, because Going back through and looking at the series, there's just a lot of cool like like mix-up matchups and stories that it looks like they were telling. And each one of them is only one or two issues long, and then they jump into something else, much like the DC Universe Presents. So, I, I don't know, that might be my Batman book while I'm trying to catch up on Detective Comics. But those issues are still two ninety nine each for back issues on comiXology, so, you know, that'll take a couple years to do. Yeah, I believe I I don't see it in my comiXology now, but the Batman Urban Legends, I think, was like, it started years ago as like a digital exclusive and they had a lot of their top creators doing books, and I read a bunch of them. I picked them up because I think they're also like a dollar ninety nine. Um, but I can't find it in in here now. They might have gotten rid of it, or so it way could things... possibly have been. Um, but I think they you've... they started doing it back into they started doing it in physical issues a while ago as well. So the first one available in comic shops was in March of 2021. And this was a six-part 
like story. Uh, six issues, but then each issue had three different stories. Um, there was one by Chip Zdarsky. There's one by Matthew Rosenberg, who's actually doing the DC versus vampires that we actually really enjoyed the hunters last week. And then there was a Harley Quinn uh, written by Stephanie Phillips. Um, I don't know, man. Like you have my attention. Not you guys, the book. Yeah, yeah. And now a dramatic reading from Punisher number one. Panel 3, page 15. Monks devoted to the painstaking mastery of the first and finest of all human art forms. And that was a dramatic reading from Punisher number 1, panel 3, page 15. And that's a voiceover of an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Yeah. So, okay... I saw the page when you sent it just so I could screenshot it so I could put it up on our Instagram because we always put our dramatic readings up there. Uh, and I just saw it and I'm like, oh, that's from that new Punisher number one. Uh, Jason Aaron? Jason wrote it. Aaron, yeah. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, so I just assumed it was the Punisher doing that. It reads. Am I wrong for thinking that? It reads check out the, two throughout. Check out that panel. It reads. Let me know, listeners. It reads throughout the whole thing. As it's supposed to, or for the first part, as it's supposed to be Frank saying it, and then all of a sudden, you get to the old late because Frank Castle now is the leader of uh, the Hand, mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out to be this lady who recruited him to be the leader. It's her talking. You figure that out, mm. but uh-huh. gave away the twist. Give away the now twist. Don't read That's that first fine. issue. Is it? Is it good though? Is uh, it I didn't issue? care to read any more of it. Okay. I so not as good as Night Force. <laughs> well, we continued to make you read that first issue. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't read any more Night Force. But it was just, just no you rereading been... that first issue no, again and again. And there again. must have been. There must have been another issue to, <laughs> to uh, hold all that bad. No, I did rebuy it digitally, so oh, it was well. easier for us to do it. Plus, so we because kept couldn't find the physical. We, yeah, we kept hiding it on up. you and uh, in your long box. Oh, oh guys, it's gone now. Memories <laughs> aren't is it? Aren't memories and nostalgia great? Yeah, yes. Right. Uh, and that's part of what everyone loves about Stranger Things. The Netflix phenomenon's been going on for years now. Uh, tell the story of the kids growing up in Hawkins, Indiana, in the eighties. Uh, and just drawing on all of those things that kids of the time loved and look back on fondly. So I figure just trying to stay a little bit more relevant with what's going on in pop culture. Uh, guys, it's time to talk about Stranger Things in a way only we can do, where we don't actually talk about Stranger Things. Oh, good, because I haven't seen it yet. But I was going to start off by saying, guys, what are your thoughts on Stranger Things? So, Paul... Have you watched any Stranger Things? Like any yeah, of the yeah, previous seasons like, one three, three seasons? Okay. I, I haven't seen seasons four yet. It just uh, released uh, the same day that Obi-Wan came out. Uh, I'm still... I am not caught up fully on Obi-Wan yet. Uh, you know, I am a bad pop culture consumer. You know, I don't keep up on things. No, that's okay. I think 
one of the things that I love and hate about Netflix is they do drop all of their shows all at once. So yeah. it's you binge it and you enjoy it and you talk about it with people. But this time with uh, season four, they're doing something a little bit different where they dropped the first seven episodes online to binge stream, knock them out. Yeah. And then coming up in a couple weeks, they're actually going to be dropping the next two so episodes eight and nine, and then next year we'll be getting the fifth and final season of Stranger Things. Um, so you haven't seen it four yet. We'll refrain from spoilers. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, Paul, your thoughts on Stranger Things and just kind of it like flicking I, that nostalgia I, bead. I really do feel like it's been very hit or miss. Like season two, I, I feel like really struggled. Season three, like, it took a while for me to, like, actually start enjoying it again. But then it came together really well, you know, with the whole mall scene. And, yeah. The, you know, like, when when they all came, because everybody was there doing their separate adventure again. And it wasn't like bef- the first season where it was, at least all the kids are together. And they're having their adventure. And then the teenagers are together and they're having their adventure like so those groups lines were formed and ever since then they've broken up the groups and then rearranged them by the third season so you know i want the, everybody to come together again uh season four does that again no spoilers um but i think they've kind of learned their lesson from season three and they've learned to kind of jump around between the groups a little bit more so you're not <clears throat> Hyper focus on one that maybe you don't care about those characters or that plot, right? Before you jump back to something else that you're kind of, kind of more interested in because it does all matter. It does all tie in. Uh, John, your thoughts? Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things. I really enjoyed the first the first season. Um, I watched it all. I returned home from my honeymoon in 2016 uh, with. The- <clears throat> The flu, uh, and my wife stayed upstairs, and I slept on the couch and watched the entire series. Um, and Perfect then way for newlyweds to you know, start <laughs> their life together. Uh, she got sick too, so it was like we were both sick, and it was like, well, no reason. We, neither one of us wanted to be near each other. But after that, it took <laughs> it took a little convincing, and I got don't want to be next to you. Now I get to spend my life with, with you. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> newlyweds. And then, um, but I talked my wife into watching it. And I think it was other people who were talking about it. And she's like, all right, I'll check it out. And she was hooked. Season two came out. And we are pretty good about not binging certain stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, we'll watch one or two episodes this night. And tomorrow or the next night, we'll watch another two or one. Uh, with this, it's been like, We've been watching like half episodes, basically. So we're, these episodes are huge. They're, yeah, we paused during the first episode of season four. We paused to do something, and then we were going to come back and watch it. And I said, "We have twenty five minutes left. I'm going to bed. Like I'm not." <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we finished that twenty minutes, and we watched maybe another twenty minutes, thirty minutes of the next episode, and that's where it was. Where like. We're just a little bit into the second episode. 
Um, really enjoy, really enjoying it. Just haven't been able to find the time for both of us to sit down and watch it. But I love the eighties nostalgia. I love the characters and how they've grown and how they've changed. Season two definitely had some clunker kind of moments, but they also had great moments. Like when, uh, I can't think of his name now, the, the guy with the hair, who was the bully, Steve, Steve, uh-huh. Oh, Steve's amazing. Steve, he's my favorite character now. Season two, like Steve, yeah. you come out of it going like Steve's great, and then season three, even better. But season two had some, definitely had some clunkers. They tried to do that backdoor pilot with the other superheroes or other powered um, kids, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it. Just didn't do it. Season three, though, I mean, had just great moment after moment with it. Ooh, I'm bleeding. What happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't you know. Probably what scratched yourself a little too hard there, I bud. Know. I guess I caught something on my on my shin. All of a sudden, blood. Uh, bizarre. Maybe I'm 11. It's not coming out of my nose. It's coming out of my shin, guys. Uh, um, shin has powers. Shin has powers. That's my upper knees. I have these extra bones on the top of my shins, right where my, my knees are. It makes it very hard to kneel. Uh, that's that's true. Uh, anyways, I like Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when Stranger Things came out originally, I heard awesome things about it. But it took me a while to get around to watching it because at that point, it just wasn't on my radar um, and it wasn't until one of my friends down here in Florida came up to me at work and was like, oh my gosh, I finally watched Stranger Things. You're right. Everything about it just hits that perfect 80s like horror, like coming of age fantasy so well. And I'm like, I, I haven't watched it yet. And then she was adamant like, no, you're the one that told me to watch it. And that's why I watched it. And I'm like, no. Was it me? And it was someone saying I recommended it to them and then coming back and saying, yes, you were right, is what made me go home from work and sit down and watch it and be like, oh, shit, this is definitely something I would have watched, loved, and recommended to people. And that has definitely carried through. Um, season two, not my favorite, but I do love the character growth, just like you said, because... It does that thing with season one, Steve being that quintessential 80s bully. You hate him. And then in season two, I was just like, okay, they're going to try to make me like this guy, but he was such a douchebag. I'm not going to. But by the end of the season, you're like, all right, you done good, Stranger Things. And then they do it again in season three with Billy. And I'm like, oh, no. I know. You're not going to get me to care about Billy. And they don't because they just lean into Billy being the like absolute worst and the villain. But they get you to care about Sean Austin's character. Oh, no, they do. And strangely, uh, so minor, minor spoilers for season four, Paul. The um, dungeon master? Well, no, no, not, not even there. I'm just going to say, um, Paul Reiser, even. I'm like, <laughs> when he comes back in season four, Yanni was like, is that someone we know? I'm like, yeah, he's at the end of season three when they're in the lab. And like, and she's like, I don't remember. I was like, when Bob does, and she's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now I remember. Um, 
they just do a great job of introducing and building these characters. And then, yes, to season four with the Dungeon Master, Eddie. Dude's awesome. And right right from the get-go, I'm like, oh, this guy's a little bit too douchey. But then as soon as you get that kind of vulnerability from him, I'm like, all right, no, this is a dude I would want to be friends with because he's a huge nerd, but also he's that kind of like awkward, crazy, fun, weird that it's the guy dancing on the tables at prom that you're like, I'm glad I'm in this guy's circle. Hey, that was you. <laughs> no, it was uh, that other girl's uh, that didn't have any friends that we were hanging out with. It was her date. Oh, I thought you got on the table. I, I might have gotten on the table and danced with him. <laughs> but it w- was not me. Oh, but guys, what a night. Oh, what a night. We went to Denny's. Um, but guys. Did we go to the football the, stadium too? We did because Tony Orlando's brother worked security there. And Tony was like, oh, I got to go see my brother for something. And like we just walked out onto the field. Like, yeah, that's fine. I don't know. Weird. Uh Yeah. Memories, nostalgia. It all circles back, guys, see? Um, so, like I said up at the front of the show, 80s Grady's, some of our favorite things that if, you know, we were doing, like, a Stranger Things-esque show, like, right. maybe, like, hey, what would you want to have, like, in that background? Like, something you would want to show in there. I know that's not how this episode was sold, but it's like, you know, your fondest <laughs> memories... No, but, like, your fondest memories of the 80s. Like, if you were in the Duff, Duffer Brothers' shoes, like, you know, what would she say? Like, oh, background of this shot, I need to have the Noid. Like, uh, Paul, you, you start us off. Where do okay. you want to go? I'm, I'm going to level set. Because 1989, I turned six. So, from 1989 to 90... I'm six, going to be seven in 1990. So you are six, going on seven. seven. Exactly. That's even so. creepier when you do it younger. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy to start with. I, you know, it's like rain. Like once you're that creepy, you can't get much creepier. It's you're soaked. You're soaked in the creepy. Um, wait, there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, that was- when you said it's like rain, I was like, "Wait, is he doing a <laughs> oh <laughs> oh weird like Rutger Hour thing? <laughs> like what what's happening right now?" Yeah, it was a uh, it's a weird analogy that you took too long to get to the end. With. Yeah. Yeah. You've met me before, <laughs> yes? No, we have. But so level, so I wanted to level set there because I don't remember much out of the eighties. You know, like I remember liking you know some very specific cartoons like Voltron. I remember having you know, or at least my older brother having a Voltron action figure play set. I remember a great board game that I loved. Uh, I was probably just starting to maybe getting roped into playing Risk, um, but I liked Ultimatum. Which was a great game. And then, uh, but 
you know, the classics, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe. Are you just going uh, through everything all at once? I thought we were just going to do, like, one. I, I have no idea how this works. I thought you were just going to yeah. pick one from one category, and then we'd all oh, talk okay. about the category. Yeah, that's what I was throwing out. Like, Paul, what do you want to talk about first? You, you, like... pick, you pick the category, Paul. Okay, then let's uh, let's pick, uh, like, what we liked watching on the TV there. The TV there. The, the TV shows? Yeah, the TV shows. All right, okay. so we're going we're gonna to stand up. Know. We're going to walk across the room. And we're going to just, like, turn that turn, dial. Turn the go, dial. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> and there's going to be those three stations in between that, for some reason, are on the dial, but it's just static? You're going to go right past those. So, Paul, huh? what are you putting on? I'm going to put on Voltron. I know I want to surprise you all. You know, you guys didn't hear that just a second ago. <laughs> but, yeah, Voltron, the, the, the three lines, or the five lines. Uh, fun show. I don't... I remember watching it later in life when it became part of uh, Toonami, <clears throat> and that those the voice acting in it was very annoying. I could see why my parents uh, didn't want it on for that long, because uh, yeah, it was very annoying. Yeah, I was always upset. Like I had I had lots of toys as a kid, uh, but also I think that my parents bought me lots of toys, so I'd leave them alone and I'd just go play with toys. But my sister had the princess, just the okay. figure of the princess. And then we had no other <laughs> Voltron characters. I always wanted the – I always wanted Voltron. I always wanted other figures to go with that. And um, we were never – we never had them. But we used to – we used – my sister and I used to always really enjoy – Watching, watching Voltron. It was fun. I I love Voltron, and again, like it was something that I knew, I watched, and I loved. But I like the memories of it are very nebulous. Like it's something that I was aware of, but I can't speak back to any thoughts about it. But I always wanted, like the the Voltron, like Force collection, like the diecast, like click them together, lions. And I think that's actually, like, a big part of why I liked Power Rangers when it first came out. Because it was it was Voltron. Basically the same thing. Except dinosaurs. In live action. And that was cool. Um, And he had the awesome characters of Bulk and Skull. They were were characters (laughs) in Power Rangers. Um, But no, I think that's, like, definitely a quintessential... 80s pick and i can't remember what i think it's the youtube channel toy galaxy i watched something about voltron on Hmm. and the the lion force version of voltron wasn't even like the first voltron because originally it was cars and then they did like the mystic force one after cars just seems like the next add-on like that's the what you do after lions Mm -hmm. and Again, I don't know if it's because that's just how I grew up with it, and that's what Power Rangers then did. Yeah, but you, you go lions first, and then you move into cars. Because because what's cooler than lions? Nothing. And that's where like, oh, I guess I guess we do cars and trucks next. My son loves watching Power Rangers. It's good. Does does he watch? The old ones. He watches the old. Like, he watches the old okay. ones. My dad bought him the blue Power Ranger, like a cla- the classic blue. Um, really? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. 
kid kid loves it. Kid kid's got some good taste. Bad taste, but good taste. Uh but my if you were to have met me when I was a little kid, six years old, I I was born in eighty two, so I was turning eight uh in eighty nine. No. Seven? I don't know. Um Yeah, you would turn seven in eighty nine. Um, but you would have known that I was a G.I. Joe fan. I loved the cartoon. I loved all the, I loved the toys. I had all the toys. When one of my guys broke, I would open up one of the guys that I don't like, take the rubber band out and rebuild them. Or if their, their thumbs always broke off their hands, I would take somebody else's arms and put them on there so they I'd have my favorite guy have his hands back. Um, I loved G.I. Joe. And David Cronenberg. I, yes. That, that's <laughs> why I really got into body horror stuff. <laughs> have you seen the new his new movie that's coming Crime out? Future, Crimes of the Future? Something like that. Yeah. It's basically uh, taking G.I. Joe's apart, but uh, with real people. Um, <laughs> you wanted no. more topical discussions I I on the on show, Chris. Uh, so but, yeah, we're going to talk about David Cronenberg. Cronenberg, and then we'll be like segueing into like Lynch stuff after that. Just terrible, oh. terrible movies. I do not enjoy watching. But I, I loved, I loved GI Joe. I had tons of vehicles, tons of the figures. And I loved the cartoon, like, hands down. Uh, Punishments, because I was a bad kid. I was a bad kid. Yeah, you had so many toys. Yeah. Like, what? But, I mean, uh, you know me now. I'm kind of a scoundrel. I was a a big-time scoundrel as a little kid. But Punishment, my dad would be like, all right, I can spank you. I can wash your mouth out with soap. I can do all these things. Or you can stand in that corner and I'm going to play G.I. Joe. And my dad put the show on and stood there watching me as I stood in the corner. And anytime I went to look to see the TV, get back in that corner and just do that. But then I'm just like, I've seen all these shows so many times. I know exactly what's happening in it. Like, it doesn't matter. So knowing your dad, I thought the... <laughs> I thought the punishment for you was him being like, I'm going to play G.I. Joe, was going to be him playing with your toys in the corner being like, I'm Shipwreck, I'm a dainty boy. And then just like, Shipwreck's tough as fuck, he's not dainty. Like, I I thought that would be what your dad would punish you with. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought he was going with, too. No. Your dad, your dad's playing with your toys, and you just have to sit there. No an opportunity for your dad. Good parenting tip for you, John. Just, you know. My dad would, uh, anytime I'd be like, hey, you want to play with my action figures with me? He would have them line up. I'd have to line them all up. And then they'd go on like a caravan where they'd have to like walk through the living room. But then he'd make them all sit down and have a potty break. And then he'd fall asleep on the floor and I would just be sitting there looking at my toys, and then anytime I tried to play with them and leave him alone, <laughs> he would slightly wake up and be like, "Leave him alone, the party," and and then go back to sleep. 
Uh, I got in trouble when I would be playing with my action figures, which we'll be circling back to shortly, um, because I would use all the dental floss as <laughs> rope. So, like, okay. I would tie it from, like, the top of the entertainment center down to the coffee table. That way I could put, like, my Ninja Turtles on there, and they would slide down because they would have to go under the coffee table because sure. that's where the sewer was. It just it just makes sense. Makes sense. Um, man, I was inventive as a kid because I didn't have, like, a lot of cool shit. I had cool shit, but, like, I never had, like, the play sets or anything, so it was yeah. basically, like... What can I jerry rig into what I need it to be? Oh, the playsets is where where they got you. That was the scam. They get I, you in with the toys with the I action had the, figures. I had the action figures. Vehicles. None of the playsets. Uh, the closest thing I had. No, not even. Um, it was mostly vehicles because from like the superpowers action figure line, I had the Batmobile, uh, Ninja Turtles. I never had the turtle van or the blimp, but I had the cheap skate, which was like the giant skateboard that had the fan on the back of it. Um, and I had a lot of Ghostbuster stuff because I had the Ecto one and then I had the Ecto two, which was the helicopter. Um, but something that I never had a lot of was Thundercats and Thundercats was my go-to show and much like everything else was a springboard to something bigger. Huge Ninja Turtles fan growing up. But I attribute a lot of my love for Ninja Turtles to Thundercats. Just that anthropomorphic hero, alien, animal characters. Mm-hmm. That everything that I grew up loving, I think, dates back to just watching Thundercats. Because I had Thundercats action figures, and I had the light-up sort of omens that I would just run circles around my backyard. Press the button. Yelling, Thundercats, Thundercats, ho. And then, like, just, like, hold it up to my face and be like, I am Thundera, give me Slapey outside. As I'm watching just a school bus go down the street. Like, nothing major, but in the backyard of my grandmother's house where we grew up. That was my new Thundera. And I had so much fun with that. And it hurts that going back and watching Thundercats as a teenager, not even as an adult, being like, oh man, I love this. It hurt. Like, it bored deep into my soul that I was like, this show show was I a dumb kid? Like, (laughs) was I an idiot? Because this is bad. Um, But man, Thundercats, that's what set me on my my life path. Uh, Did that sword fit into the claw? I didn't, I, I didn't have the claw. I didn't have the claw. So uh, I there, I, I'm just wondering if there was two sets, because I don't remember the sword lighting up. I think you did I have, I think you could buy the claw. I'm wondering if it was a different sword that fit into the claw. I don't or know. maybe I'm misremembering that the claw actually had a place and it was, and the sword was like dagger sized. No, the sword was a big, it was like a regular sized sword for a kid. Yeah. Uh, but Mumra and um, Lionel... You had uh, the battery you put in the ring, and then you put it in the back, and their eyes would light up. And we had the mail away. You had to mail away the UPCs or the cards or whatever, and we had the actual Mumra as the little mummy guy. You had to mm-hmm. mail away with like $5 or something, and you got the toy. But I had, yeah, I had Mumra, 
I had both Mumras, and then I had the core um, Thundercats, and then I had the Lizard Guy. And yeah, I, f- I fucking loved, I loved uh, Thundercats, but not as much as I loved G.I. Joe. Thundercats, uh, Thunder of the Cat Foam Sword on Amazon.com right now for nineteen ninety nine. Not bad. Yeah. So, uh, my pick for the next category, I'm I'm the movie guy. We just did TV, but let's do movies. And I have two that were He's going to pick all movies. That's, I've listened to the Christmas, I've listened to the Christmas episode What are your favorite before. movies? Oh, just all movies. <laughs> all movies. You can, watch, you can watch them with so, so many different people. No, this, this isn't like a hard and fast like pick one. Like This is just a, hey, we get to talk about like random shit we might not normally talk and, about. And these, these are two movies that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, so the two movies are BMX Bandits. I've heard of it. Which... Starred a young, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name now. Um, Tom Nicole Cruise's Kidman. ex-wife. I Nicole talked about Kidman. her at the front it's, of the show. Wait, do we? Was that on the show? Was that at, okay? No, it wasn't because we were talking. It was Top Gun Talk uh, with Paul. Is that, wait, is that a well, was new say, segment, that, Paul? Top Gun Talk with Paul. Is that the Paul. other side podcast you guys made up when I was gone? Um, but BMX Bandits. Three kids on BMX bikes taking on criminals. Uh, crazy story. Uh, but then Turk 182 was probably like one of the biggest influential movies for some reason for me. Uh, and this is, uh, I believe it's Tim Matherson. His brother is a firefighter. Uh, runs into a fire, saves people while he's not clocked in as a fireman but is then injured and the new york city refuses to pay his medical bills and his brother then starts this Uh, crazy oh uh but he starts did you say only fam because that was actually really clever no i said fans oh okay because it's his brother that starts it it's called an only fam that's the only family hmm. Uh, but his brother starts tagging Turk 182, which is his brother's, like, uh, call sign on his helmet or whatever. Starts doing that. And it just keeps escalating bigger and bigger and bigger. And then everybody is like, oh, Turk 182, we love you. Like, we want it. And he's fighting City Hall with this Turk 182. And he's, like, doing huge buildings where he takes out all the lights and on the lights see Turk 182 he's on the bridge it's crazy but I used to reenact this movie by like climbing up my banister and I would tie my belt Uh like a belt around my waist and around the banister so I could hang and pretend I was tagging and it's also why I got a BMX I mean BMX bandits is why I got a BMX bike when I got a little bit older but Turk 182 and uh, BMX Bandits were huge uh, in my in my life in the early 80s. Like, those were the two things that, like, when you said that and I thought about, like, what was I watching in that time frame? It was these two movies. Nice. Paul, is there a movie that, when you think back to your time in the 80s, my like, time just in grabs the- you? 
Yeah, well, the Star Wars movies, of course. You know, because as a kid, I watched... I, that was, like, on repeat. Um, but what else, other than that, like, that I remember loving as a kid and wanting to watch over and over again is probably Dark Crystal. Okay. I remember I'm, liking that one. So probably. I'm surprised that's not too dark for the Paul household. Because you kind of had, like... A little bit similar situation to what I had growing up, where your parents were not overly strict, but they were like a little bit more restrictive about what they would allow. Well, because you know, uh, is that why you would, didn't they, say they had to try to make? We had one TV, and it was and constantly playing went, Cosby Show, <laughs> pretty much, because that's what was on. Uh, so, like, everything had to be age-appropriate, not just for me, but then for my younger brother, who was four years younger than me. And then five years after that, everything had to be age-appropriate for my little sister as well. So it wasn't that they were strict. It was just that if we were going to sit around the TV as a family, the whole family had to be able to enjoy it. So I think... With what happened with the Dark Crystal, is since it was Muppets, you know, okay. basically, and it came out before I was born, and I think it's something that my brother wanted to see, so he might have been like nine at the time, or yeah, let's say he was eight at the time, I was six at the time, my little brother would have been two, you know, so he wasn't really watching TV anyway, so... It was in that kind of era of, yeah, it could have been too, might have been a little too creepy for me, but it was just creepy enough for my older brother. And my little brother doesn't, you know, isn't really a concern yet. So it worked. Where, like, rapidly, you know, past the point of, like, let's say three, four, once my little brother's three, four years old, everything then has to get dialed back, you know. Because now he's watching, he can actually watch TV and respond to it and everything. So, um, yeah. But the Dark Crystal, for whatever reason, I really liked watching that one. Really, what liked watching uh, War Games as well. Okay, that's that that's an answer I would have expected you to say. Mm-hmm. And the it's about <laughs> computers. I'm just trying to think of the VHS tapes that weren't Star Wars and Princess Bride. Like that was, but Princess Bride was like watched at my grandparents' house. Like anytime we went over, they had it on VHS, and we would watch it with my my grand my grandfather liked it, and also Blues Brothers. <laughs> so solid movie. Um, <laughs> See, I I thought about Labyrinth, but I was like, I I imagine yes, that movie came out in the eighties, but I probably watched yeah. it the most. It was eighty six when that came out. That was me. I have a list of 80s movies in front of me. I was also thinking that, but it was stuff like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Well, that came out like 1989. So, yes, technically I probably would have seen it mm-hmm. in the 80s. But, like again, I watched it more in the 90s and still watching it in the 20, 2020s. Um, but for me... And I know I've mentioned it before on the show, and I mentioned it up at the front. Ghostbusters. Like, I remember watching it, and it's one of the first movies I ever remember seeing. And I might not have gotten the Ray getting a blowjob from a ghost joke, but I remember just my utter horror 
about the librarian ghost. And Mm -hmm. my first memory of Ghostbusters was knowing that she was going to turn scary. But I don't remember my initial viewing where it happened. Because I remember watching Ghostbusters and, like, hiding and covering my face when I saw, like, the librarian ghost be like, shh, because she was going to turn into a monster. And I remember covering my face and my aunt being like, no, it's not, it's not scary. It's silly. I'm like, no, she's, she's going to be scary because I already knew at that point. It was like yeah. Large Marge from Pee Wee Herman when she's tell him Large Marge sent you. I remember that, and I just remember being scared of the ghosts in Ghostbusters, but still loving that movie and actually mm-hmm. wanting to be a Ghostbuster, thinking that that was something I could just do. Um, the love of Ghostbusters has carried through my entire life. Uh, again, I'm drinking off of Ghostbusters coasters. Uh, the last time I talked to Grayson, I was going over all the random Ghostbusters shit I just have sitting in the corner <laughs> of my apartment. Uh, I remember more about 80s Saturday Night Live because of Bill Murray, because that was the guy from Ghostbusters. And that's what focused my comedy tastes in the 90s and 2000s because I was already in it to win it from the time that I was a small, small child with no memory of actually watching this movie. Amazing. And I wish I could say something like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, but that's not a movie I saw until it was on like TBS or TNT in the 90s. But Again, if I had seen that movie when it came out, I I saw that. I, I would have loved released. it, but it's just it, it wasn't on the radar. Uh, Drive-ins, uh, Karate Kid, Big Trouble, Little oh China, my gosh, back. amazing! That's fantastic. My parents made my sister sit up front so I could be in the back, and they were worried I was going <laughs> to kick out a window. Fair, uh, but yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters, yeah, definitely huge. Um, and like you just said, like my son loves Ghostbusters and I'm in the, I'm in the middle of building a playground for my son and he, uh, he was out there with me helping. Um, and he would be like, (laughs) he would go, Egon, what are you doing? You building the tower? They're like, yeah, buddy, I'm building the tower. Okay, I'm Ray. Okay, he just Ray. assumes you're right. Egon. Ah, there's because I was building stuff. I was fixing. I was fixing the tower, and then he would just be like, Egon, give me my blaster, terror dogs, <laughs> and I have like a an Allen wrench that fits my that fits like the bolts and everything that I'm I'm, I'm I have to secure. So I gave him one of them, and he's running around with this thing as a blaster, pretending that he's shooting all these ghosts. And he's like, Egon, get your gun. We got to get him. I'm like, can't right now, bud. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle uh, of this. Same, uh, fam- same family of yeah. movies. And I had to like Google it quick just to make sure I wasn't misremembering things. 
I remember watching the Masters of the Universe movie more than actually watching the cartoon. I knew I watched the cartoon. I had action figures from it. I remember watching She-Ra, but I have vivid memories of actually watching the movie more so than the actual cartoon that it was based off of. That movie makes so much much more sense when you learn the simple fact of the actual screenplay. It was originally supposed to be a fourth world movie. It was supposed to be... It's not supposed really? to be He-Man. It's supposed to be but, but, Orion. Okay, so when you say... It's I was going to say, when you say fourth world, Jack, you mean like Jack Kirby. Kirby's fourth world. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Hmm. I guess There's... it makes sense. I, I guess like the keyboard thing kind of looks like fourth worldy. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's the, the mother, mother box. box. Oh, yeah. It's from Japan. <laughs> yeah. Um, Synthesizer from Japan. Weird. I, I remember... Um, I remember seeing the movie in the theater, but I, I remember going to the theater, but I don't remember watching the movie, but I have a vivid remem- memory of getting a Happy Meal, and I got a second, it was a glow in the dark of the the guy who made the mm-hmm. synthesizer, yeah. whatever that dwarf character's name is, I got a second glow in the dark like necklace medallion. Of him, and I just remember being like, "Aha! I wanted a different one." And then that's I only got those two out of the uh, meals because we didn't go. We didn't go get those things that often. The first Happy Meal toy I remember getting it was actually from Burger King. Maybe it was Burger King. I'm pretty sure it was Burger King. Um, it was a all green plastic Aquaman. From when they had like their super friends or superpowers collection. Cause I remember I already had one and being sad. And then my aunt going back up to like the counter with it being like, he already has this one. Do you have another one? And just like the girl working there was like, no, they just come out of a box. Like that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like Aquaman, but he was like swimming. And I think you were supposed to do something else with it, like put, baking soda and vinegar or something in it so he would like swim but go up and down dumb shit kid me was just like eh, play with him in the bathtub it's Aquaman mm-hmm. uh, the ones that we tried to get a tried to get and my parents were actually down for it were the Muppet Baby ones so I had like Gonzo I had Fozzie we had Miss Piggy I think we had a Kermit one and those I were like those. I had and like I think- a Fraggle Rock car. It was red, and her, the car. Yeah, I, like I had a, a Fraggle Rock car or too. Something that she was like riding in. I had the the guy that weared the the cabbie hat and the scarf, and he was riding in a cucumber. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I want to say we got with an M. Ralph. Oh. I don't know, Paul. It could have it? been the same voice as the guy that did Ralph. What, Paul? What's your earliest like kids' club Happy Meal toy memory? Memory? I really don't know. I we ate at those restaurants so infrequently that, and I never was impressed with the toy. 
I never really, you know, I don't remember being impressed by any of the toys and being like, okay, this is actually a fun toy to play with. Like, or wanting to, knowing enough that they were, like, out and there was a special one to get. I remember, like, in the 90s when we got the souvenir cups for, like, Batman Forever. Those were great. But, uh... Hold, hold on, Paul. Tell me more. Yeah, the etch class, yeah. That, glug, that glug, one. glug. I'm drinking out of the Two-Face one right now. Nice. Because it's next to my computer. Those are great. <laughs> I had um, the Flintstones ones, too. But because, that's, like, the only thing. In, but that's in the 90s. That's Yeah. That's in the 90s, guys. We're here to talk about 80s. And I'm going to go something uh, near and dear to my heart. And this is the foods. Like, the weird random snacks that may have come and gone since then. Um, and I think, for me, like, the marquee thing was actually the weird random breakfast cereals that we got. Because I just have vivid memories of walking down the cereal aisle and seeing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles breakfast cereal that had the turtle shell bowl shrink-wrapped to the front of the box and being like, I need that. And then getting the cereal and being let down because it was basically just checks with marshmallows in it, but the marshmallows were shaped like swords and like, turtles. Great. Oh, It doesn't look like a good bowl of checks. The, the cereal was okay, but I was in it for the bowl, and the bowl was great. And I have another memory, exact same situation, but it turns out this came out in 1990, so cut. So I'm not going to talk about it. But there was Bill and Ted's Excellent Breakfast Cereal. That was the exact same goddamn thing. <laughs> except the bowl shrink-wrapped to the front of the box looked like the, the phone booth. And I always thought it was the coolest thing, and I always wanted it. But we never got it because I wasn't allowed to have a lot of like, yeah. gross sugary sh- like cereals. I I wasn't allowed to have sugary cereals either. But it was every once in a while, Mr. T. Mm-hmm. We had a Mr. T cereal. I remember that. We had a Ghostbuster cereal. Um, yeah, the cereals were were pretty big, and I had this just recently. There's a new like popcorn. Uh, a new like flavored popcorn. They had a lemonade and a mm. watermelon popcorn, and I tr- I tried them at work. And when I had the watermelon, I was like, "Oh my god!" The memory this has just brought back was of microwavable popcorn for kids, and it was the cool new thing that they were selling. But when you popped them, they were flavored, and they'd turn like the popcorn green, or it was blue. And I don't know what uh, year this came out in. The original Pop Secret, because Pop Secret popcorn, you didn't know what it was going to be until you popped it, and then you opened the bag, and you're like, "Oh, it's blue." But then they got rid of that. Now it's just, "Oh, it's movie theater butter popcorn," which is so great. I fucking love popcorn. But yeah, that's that's the original, the Pop oh. Secret. But we we got we. We got those once or twice, but I remember them just like, I had that watermelon popcorn, which wasn't bad. I wouldn't buy it, 
but I was like, oh my god, this is take this all of a sudden this memory just came back of those colored popcorns. I have a um, a lot of but, memories of stuff I wanted to but, eat because I saw it in the back of comic books like Brock's rocks because it was like a it looked oh, like rocks and it was like, like a rocks, dinosaur were- wearing like a varsity jacket and I was thinking like oh my gosh like I I want those I never had them but I think they were probably just like gobstoppers or shawbreakers they were like a oh, jelly okay. like a, no like a like a jelly candy you if might. I remember correctly see my parents got divorced, and my mother was the person who never let us have, like, candy or any of that stuff. And my dad was just the guy that was, like... I don't know, it's motorcycle. I don't give a fuck, oh. like... <laughs> yeah. And he'd just be like, I don't give a fuck. Here, buy the candy. You can shut up for a half hour? Like, yeah, here. Like, <laughs> that was, like... That was it, like... He would, my mother would be like, I can't believe you gave him sugar cereal. And then I'd show up and he'd have like nine boxes of sugar cereal because I was married to that lady. There's no way this lady's telling me what I can or can't Mm -hmm. do now. So here are all the sugared cereal. And then I'd be like, well, I'm going to mix Count Chocula. I'm going to mix Cocoa Rice Krispies. And I'm going to go cuckoo for these Cocoa Puffs. And I'm going to have a triple chocolate cereal right now. Is it any good? Like I liked it at the time. Uh, and I was emotionally damaged from a parent's divorce that I <laughs> ate my feelings. So it was, I remember it was the first time I actually had a Charleston chew, and this was more like into the 90s, because I remember seeing Charleston chews advertised in the back of like every single X-Men comic book that I was reading. That The first time I saw one, I was like, oh my gosh, Like I get to have it. And then I bought one in... It's the candy X Men. It was like this huge. It was like a double size, like Slim Jim thing. And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is so much candy!" And then getting it, and being like, "Oh, it's just like thin chocolate shell, and then like marshmallow inside." And then my aunt being like, "Oh, you need to freeze them, and then they're good." And I remember freezing it, and then biting into it, and being like, "Ow, this hurts." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't become a Charleston Chew fan till I was in my twenties. I don't, still don't I, do think they I've even ever have them one. anymore? They're not great. Yeah, you know what? They don't have that. I remember. Kind of like them. Kind of like them. Uh, I like a Charleston Chew. It wouldn't be my top fave. Like, if we're gonna rate candy bars, what are your favorites? It wouldn't be in there, but it's it's in my it's in my top ten. Not my top five. It's probably number ten. If I could go back in time and grab any snack out of the 80s and try it one more time, it would be the Big Stuff Oreo. You know, the Oreo that was about this big, but it was kind of soft. Not an Oreo cakester. It was called Big Stuff, and I had to look it up because I thought maybe it was a fever dream as well for my childhood. No, it was an individually packed Oreo, probably the size of a... A moon pie? Kind of like a moon pie. Okay. Uh, size of uh, the little Debbie um, oatmeal raisin cookie with frosting in between it and then oatmeal raisin cookie. Mm. Like that. But Oreo. Yeah. Uh, just the oatmeal. You're just talking about the oatmeal yeah, cookie yeah. with the cream. I don't so think I, I like those. I do love them. I don't, I'm I do not a fan those. of oatmeal cookies, I but I could those. eat a box of those. But um, imagine 
an Oreo. Uh, those nice. are great frozen too, by the uh, way. I sir. just had to Google it because I wasn't sure when it came out. It turns out it was in the 1990s, but there was a chip that came out and it was actually from Keebler's and they were called Pizzeria's. They were basically yes. Doritos, but they were pizza flavored. And I remember eating those at yeah. my stepdad's mother's house because she bought a bag of them. And I thought they were awesome, but looking back on it now, they probably just tasted like tomato sauce. <laughs> it was just probably like all fake tomato, like salt and oregano on them. But I just remember something about those just hitting right. I remember their sl- uh, slogan. What are they called again? Pizzerias? Pizzerias? Yeah. Pizzerias. Guaranteed to give you that. Diarrheas. Don't think pretty that sure, was. I'm actually, pretty sure that was a slogan. It was the only snack that you could eat and not gain any weight. That's a Lestra chip. What was one of your What was one of your favorite foods growing up that's still one of your favorite things? Yes. You guys have one of the steaks and hot dogs. (laughs) Not at the same time. (laughs) No. You take take the hot dog and wrap it in the steak. Yum. Listen to Hey, hey, hey. You got you got to you stick those pizzerias on there for the crunch. Hey, Chris, if you want to be on an episode of the Bag and Board and Barbecue Boys. <laughs> got to be, be on that, those barbecue boys. got to be boys. on the episode of um, the Barbecue Boys. <laughs> I can give you my exact one because it's such a 80s food for me. And I'm sure it existed before that. But I think it hit its stride in the 80s. And that's pizza. Because as a kid going to school in the 80s. We got to do the Book It Club, where you would read a book, mm-hmm. your teacher would give you a slip for the free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut, we would go to Pizza Hut, and I would get myself a little pizza. And I remember people complaining that they had to read books to get the pizza, and I'm like, I just read books because I like to read, and I get pizza because of it. Like, it was awesome. Now I know that my parents probably hated it because that meant they needed to go to Pizza Hut and then spend money to get actual pizza for themselves. But pizza's my like my eighties food. That was their that was their gimmick. That's what they were giving. Yeah, have the then you got like the button, and then they would give you like like the sticker to put on it. The the sticker to go on it, and then if you filled the the pin, you got a second pin. I'm sure I did that. I don't remember that part I thought that's how you had to get the pizza, was he had to fill up... No, because he would get like a... It was like the coupon. No, they gave you the... No, they gave you the... Because you had... It was a holographic pin. Yeah, it was like lenticular motion. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd give you... When you got... When you traded in your book at... Pass and they gave you the free pizza. They do that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, mine. Mine's really? spaghetti. I fucking Ooh, so love. Spaghetti. I was surprised by that, but then as soon as I thought about it for like half a second after that, I flashed into Chef Boyardee spaghetti and meatballs like in the can mode, and I was like, "Oh, I, I want that right now!" Like, can I go to a gas station and just <laughs> get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I still like, I I still love spaghetti. Like when it's Caitlin doesn't like red sauce, so we don't have spaghetti. I know it gives her the okay. tummy is it just, is it just a different sauce? Like does she just need like a different? Yeah, 
Yeah, she needs a different song. If, if we, if I was like, I fucking love Alfredo, we'd have Alfredo like every other night. Uh, but I love, I love spaghetti, and I love cheap sauce spaghetti sauce. I love fancy spaghetti sauce. I love spaghetti sauce. I love spaghetti. Like I will eat whatever, whatever pasta and red sauce you want to give me. I will eat it and love it for all different reasons. But I just remember like eating it as a kid and loving it and then going to school and being like, hold on, once a month we get spaghetti for lunch and being like just elated. And then, yeah, like when I was a teenager or actually when I was in my 20s and Sopranos was a thing. I would make like pasta with meatballs and then I'd do the melted cheese on the top for every new episode of like Sopranos that came out. It was like just the big, it was just the big thing. And fucking, even now, I love, I love a good pasta. I'd rather have a ziti than a spaghetti. Yeah. I love a pasta. Spaghetti was my lead in. I'm a pen. If. It was my gateway pasta. I love a penny. I'm a penny guy. So which one's the bow ties? A farfarel, farfarel, farfarel's the bow ties. Oh. Yeah, or you can call them bow ties, but I believe it's farfarel. Mm. No, that. Have you ever had the spaghetti? That's a thick. It's like a. It's a spaghetti noodle, but it's thicker and it's got a hole oh. in the middle. That Those are crazy. crazy. Oh, oh, Paul. What was it? Yeah, your '80s food that you're like, yeah, let me get this now. I, I already talked oh. about it. It was the big stuff Oreo. Oh, big okay. stuff. Yeah, gotcha. I get definitely not Kaboom uh, cereal. That oh, I loved Kaboom, except it freaked me out the first time I ate it because it turned my shit like like <laughs> purple green, and I was scared. And I, called, I called my grandmother into the bathroom because I thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> Like, no, that's what happens story. when you eat too much food coloring. True story. <laughs> uh, before giving blood, uh, I uh, usually, you know I take iron supplements just to get my iron back up, uh, and then I do what's not recommended, which is like double dose, like be, the day before going to give blood, like the night before I'll take a, you know, dose, dosage of uh, iron supplement, and then the next morning with my preface, I have another dose of iron. And for the rest of the day, I'm shitting just black poop because it just turns that much iron just turns your poop black. It's magnetized. It's sticking. I have to that. The... I have that happen with Oreos. Huh. Oreos. How many there. Oreos do you have to eat to get to that point? Stack. So one mega, one mega Oreo from Paul's <laughs> Paul's estimation. Okay, uh, but John. Getting out of food, talking to something else that we love, maybe? Question mark? Yeah. Uh, I'm having from Community Beer Works their Cosmic Punch. Paul, I gave Ooh, you a I can of this. That one yet. When you. Oh, uh, very good. You I should drink it. Half when um, I, came home that day. I gave you a can of this when you helped me. You recently helped us move. Oh, then I drank the, it, and it was good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try only to give you stuff yeah, that yeah. I know are is good. Uh, 
But I haven't had this on the show, and this is uh, from Community Beer Works, their Cosmic Punch. This is a limited release that you only got if you did their um, mm-hmm. box club. Uh, but I got this four-pack when I took my mother for Mother's Day to Community Beer Works for their Mother's Day brunch. And I work, quote-unquote, in the beer industry. And uh, we sat down for dinner, and one of the people came up, and they gave me a four-pack of this. And we're like, uh, so-and-so said you were coming in. Here you go. And I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I wasn't expecting this. Um but this is a really nice IPA. It's got a really good grapefruitiness. It's not a New England style, and it's not a West Coast style. It's kind of that American style that kind of blends the two. And this is really, really good. And I have, I think I have one more can in there of this, because I had one. I gave Paul one. I'm having this one now on the show. And I'm looking forward to having this second the second beer. Uh, and I can't throw it to Chris because he walked away. Uh, but I'm going to talk more about my enjoyment of... I can uh, talk about that beer real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you gave it to me. I, I, I brought it home. I quickly drank it and said, hmm, this is a good beer. Completely forgot about it. <laughs> but it's it's a good beer. That's, that's what I can say about that. Chris, what can you say about your beer? Uh, sorry, I don't know if you guys saw or heard. I had to get up because one of my cats got stuck on top of the entertainment center because oh. he started meowing because he didn't know how to jump down. So when I went over to pick him up, he grabbed onto the picture frame that was up there, uh, and then and then I saw him swat it off. Be he, like, he Fuck grabbed this. onto it, but um, he's a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> my third and final beer from the night coming from Cider. Very different from the other two beers that I had in the lead-up. Uh, this is their Mr. Prickles. And this is a Berliner Weiss with prickly pear, dragon fruit, passion fruit, and lime. Surprisingly, no guava. Uh, they're putting oh, guava good. in everything right now. Um, Paul, after your visit down here, like anytime we see guava in something now, we're like, oh, guava's in everything. Um, <laughs> but this is, I think, a perfect summer fruit punch beer. It's super light, very tasty. Um, a lot of dragon fruit, I don't necessarily know what prickly pear fruit tastes like. So yeah. I can't speak to it, but a lot of dragon fruit up front, and then you get that kind of nice like tart from like the lime on the back end. Uh, this is absolutely delightful. This is something that when I told Yanni that I was going to be going to sideward just to get some stuff and like i gave her the menu i was like hey there's something you see you want let me know i can bring that back too and she was like oh mr prickles i was like i was already going to be getting that like nice and i think it's definitely well warranted this is a great hot summer day berliner weiss uh when i left my apartment this afternoon to start doing my errands and running around it was 98 degrees in orlando Mm -hmm. um this is a great beer for this kind of day. Um, nice, easy drinking. I'm already at the bottom of it, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I got two more cans in there, so like, I could, I could grab another one to finish up the episode. Um, this is fantastic. I think the Audit in Progress is my favorite beer I've had tonight from this collection, but this is definitely a 
higher on the list, would definitely drink again. Let's go. Okay. Paul, you got anything yeah. else to to drink? No, 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 no. Gay blood. Just gotta gotta keep. You gotta gotta keep hydrated, but not. You gotta double up on that uh, iron. So, talking about Stranger Things stuff, everything we've been discussing has tied into Stranger Things in one way or another. Mike and the kids love their movies and shows. Uh, Eleven loves her Eggo waffles. That's her favorite food. Season four gave us music. Um, Avoiding spoilers for Paul, who hasn't. Well, they did music with season three. Well, even in season uh, one with, with the with the Clash, mm-hmm. you know, should I stay or should I go? Music's kind of ingrained in Stranger Things DNA, but very much so in season four. Uh, are there any songs that take you back to eighties? And this is kind of like you know, growing up, our formative years. Like this could be anything that set you <clears throat> on your musical journeys, or like the first song you remember, the first cassette tape you had uh, anything of that vein so in the 80s as you said Paul, Chris cassette tapes and people had cassette tapes they had the stereo systems your cars now played cassette tapes and you could buy best ofs of people and my father had best of Jim Croce and I loved Jim Croce growing up. I still love Jim Croce. But Bad Bad Leroy Brown was huge. And then, um, I forget what the name is, it, but like, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. Oh, it's still Bad Bad Leroy Brown. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, like, his songs just stuck with me. And I, kn- I, I can sing most of them. Um, just from memory, and I'm not a big, like, I'm not a huge music guy. Like, I have songs, and there's bands that I really enjoy, and I like their style, but I'm not one to, I can't, I'm not a guy that can remember mm-hmm. lyrics well. I can barely speak. English mm-hmm. is my first language, Paul. Nice callback. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm looking up Jim Croce yeah, just Jim- to see who you're talking about, so. I, I see him now. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. If I could put time in a bottle, I'd fill it with memories of you. Uh, but yeah, Jim Croce was huge. And then the other thing that was super impactful in my life is uh, I wrote it down. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it right when I say it. Hold on. It is. The Raiders March from John Williams. Because I pretended to be Indiana Jones my entire childhood. The first movie I saw was uh, Temple of Doom at a like a friend's house. It was a friend of the. It was a, my family was there for a cookout. They put that on to. Get the kids out of, like, oh, we put that on. They're there. We can go have fun on the patio or whatever. And halfway through the movie, I'm hanging off their deck playing Indiana Jones. And I never stopped. Like, I used to jump off of my bike 
and pretend I was jumping onto the back of a building, and the whole time in my head. And now, like, my son's. I taught my son how to climb on the outside of, like, our deck and climb across the rings, and he goes all the way around, and then he comes back. And while he does it, I sing. And now when he does things that he knows are adventuring, he hums that as well. Like, I pass it on. I can't wait till we watch the movie and the song's in there. And then he can be like, Dad, that's my song. Uh, He even had shoes that he puts on that he calls his adventuring shoes. And he has to wear those to do the deck thing. Uh, Little kids, they're fun. But, yeah. (laughs) John Williams... The Raiders March and Jim Croce. Those are those are huge parts of my childhood. Nice, very nice. Paul, yeah. any songs that take you back? Uh, I'm definitely not a music guy. No, I played trombone as a kid, but that was after the eighties. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all did that, Paul. You know, um, I was in band and stuff like that throughout high school, but I was never a music. You know, whatever. Uh, but I do have, a, like, a memory of, uh, like, a talent show kind of thing where I think it was just in our class, like, just our classroom. We had to get in front of our classroom and do a talent. And I remember singing uh, Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid. But I was so embarrassed that I kept my, like, hands in front of my face just like this, <laughs> like, the whole time. So, I don't know. That's That's one of those weird memories that pops up every once in a while. Interesting. Yeah. No, like because now like that I would just, have been in kindergarten or first grade or something. So that because that was around the time um, I think uh, Little Mermaid came out eighty seven, mm-hmm. eighty eight. Because I remember I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I definitely saw it a ton on VHS when it came out. Does Ariel have oh, any other... It's 89 like, that this okay. is when the movie came out. So it might have been in the 90s. It might have been like first or second grade. I don't know when I started to go to school. But as, like a, as a Disney nerd, now, I, I have to like ask these. Does Ariel have like any other special relevance? Like, Is she you know one of your favorite princesses? Because I know you love Rapunzel. Uh, no, she's not like... She wasn't like, like your, been, your gateway princess. Like, I remember, you know, watching that as a kid, going to see Beating the Beast as a kid, really loving Aladdin when that came out. But that's all in the 90s. That's like, and then, like, the hard drop off and fall out. <laughs> like, after Lion King, it was kind of like downhill from there yeah. for uh, me and Disney fandom. So, uh, no, but yeah, Little Mermaid, I was, like I said, like, what, six, seven years old when that came out. And then, like, probably that, if it came out during Christmas of 89, then I probably would have sang it, like, for some weird, like, in-class talent thing. Um, Maybe for, like, a show and tell, you know, almost like a show and tell or something like that. Hmm. Um, Maybe right after seeing the movie. So, maybe, so, I'm going to say my memory happened, 
like the day after I went to see it in theaters. It came out in November two thousand of uh, nineteen uh, eighty nine. So it would have been right before Christmas break or something to get it in under the wire. So it's an eighties memory. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, that counts because the the movie came out then. So that would be the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, the very first cassette tape I remember having. It was actually like a Jungle Book. Listen to like the story. And when you hear like the drums or the monkeys, like you turn the page and it was like 50% the story, 50% the soundtrack. And I think that's why I grew up loving the jungle book so much and why that's kind of one of my key Disney movies. Uh, but the first cassette tape I actually ever bought and I didn't spend money for it myself. Like it was purchased for me for my birthday. Uh, I don't remember where we were, like what mall it was or what store we went to, but I remember going in and asking for MC Hammer. Mm. I wanted MC Hammer. And this is probably what made me like socially awkward when it came to like dealing with people in public because the dude working asked me if I wanted old hammer or new hammer. And I just, like, froze because I was like, there's more than one type of hammer to get? Like, I I wasn't prepared for this. I don't know what that kid. means. Um, so I just, like, probably meandered around like, asking for a new hammer because the first cassette tape I got was MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit, which was does not make the cutoff because it came out in the 90s. But I grew up liking MC Hammer in the 80s, and by the time I had the gumption to actually ask for MC Hammer, it was already into the 90s. So you needed the old hammer. I needed the old hammer, but I was not prepared. Like I don't remember cassettes really being a big thing at my house. Like I remember records, because you know there was very few that I was allowed to touch. And the record player. And then my dad had, like, a stereo system, you know, had the whole, you know... Like the giant tower. Like, yeah. He had one of those towers that, you know, you're not supposed to go near, because if it fell, it wouldn't just kill you. It will reach back in the past and kill your ancestors. Like, that's how heavy it is. And, and, and it was a lot, a lot of money. And then, like, my dad's, like, <clears throat> a big audio guy. He, he just... he He's the music guy. He... I grew up, he would be playing Chicago all the time when we'd wake up. Super Tramp, you know, uh, ELL. Jim Croce. Yeah, Jim Croce. ELL. Um, <laughs> basically, everything that's now on the uh, soundtrack for uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy is, is what my dad, you know, I, you know, would play like Saturday mornings when he was off and just like getting ready to actually do everything he needed to do in the house that day. Um but but he was an I remember them being like not an early early adopter but pretty quick to the CD game like so I cassettes might have been a very short lived thing but I don't think my dad enjoyed how cassettes sounded I think he rather heard, he listened to it off his records but I might be mistaken you know I might be wrong I can, but it, that'll be an interesting conversation to have with my dad thanks guys have at it. No problem. Uh, even when CDs were around, cassettes were the thing because you bought the you CD a, and then yeah. you copied. 
you copied all those songs onto a cassette because that's how you played it in your car or you had you had the Walkman, you had the cassette Walkman. You also, you know, I also had a a CD Walkman, but you couldn't mow the yard with a CD player because every step you took, it would just skip. So you you copied all your songs you wanted to listen to on a cassette because you could put that on and you could you could fall off a cliff and hit every rock on the way down and it wouldn't skip. That bitch would play that song start to finish. So, uh, so cassettes were always yeah, I, huge. Even like, late 90s, early 2000s, I, I had a CD player, but I would still make cassette mixes hmm. to listen to in my car because I had a it had a cassette player. And later I got the adapter that plugged into the cassette player that could plug into like my Walkman so I could listen to CDs. Um, but even then I had, car, I had still the one that had like the 60 seconds of anti-skip. The, the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah. the do yeah, yeah. Oh, it floated uh, in there. But you hit a big oh, enough you, bump, yeah. you'd skip it. But I remember like taking my CD player and shaking me like, guys, it's still playing. Um, but Paul, <laughs> kind of circling back to records, I remember that because I wasn't allowed to touch records as well. And the only one I could touch was my elf record that we got from Burger King. Cause it was one of those things like you buy a Whopper and you spend like a dollar 99 and you got like a plush elf and it came with a record. And the one that I had, it was like a surfer elf. So he was wearing like shorts, a Hawaiian shirt and he has like sunglasses, like stapled sewn into the back of his head and the song on the the record and I use the term record very loosely because it was basically just like a flat square sheet of plastic that had like one song on it and it was like a parody of California Girls except it was I wish they could all be Mel Mackian Girls I do not remember the lyrics mm. for it at all, but I remember that was the only record that I was able to basically interact with at all until I got a little bit older. And then I could put on the Elvis Blue Hawaii mm. soundtrack. And that's why I loved the song um, Teddy Bear when it popped up on Full House when they uh they would sing it to Michelle to get her to go to sleep because I knew that song. Wanna be your teddy bear. bear. Yeah, guys. It's a good song. It's a great song. Fantastic. But guys, you have anything else from the 80s that you want to bring up and mention before uh, we wrap it up? Anything that you think is an unsung hero that we didn't get to talk about? We, we didn't talk about Atari at all. An adventure and how everybody in my ha- family loved playing the Atari. I didn't get to play Atari until after I had already played Nintendo and I was at someone else's house. Uh, What's this? I have two Atari games on mine. Kaboom. Kaboom was, uh, you were a police officer with buckets of water and a burglar would slide across and you knew he was a burglar because he had a mask across his face and a white and Uh black t-shirt. And he would drop bombs, and you had to catch the bombs. Uh, 
the bucket hole. in the water. But if you missed, you you started with three buckets, and then you'd go to two buckets, and then one bucket. And then um, the game that like I was the best at was Sequest submarine game. You're blowing up other submarines. You're shooting all the fish and stuff and getting points. And I just remember at one time because I we'd play this at my grandmother's. And I was playing Sequest, and I was just, like, on the craziest run. And I just remember, like, family members sitting there, and they've been, like, yeah, like, excited for it. And you've been chasing that high um, ever since. Ever since. The kind of family ever and then anything he's ever done. <laughs> they they come done, over and see ever, Grayson and I, go, I, all right. <laughs> he's okay, but he's not Sequest okay. <laughs> I mean, how do you think he'd fare at Sequest? See the chosen my, one? Like, my gr- Will he finally get to the kill screen? My grandmother, like they had this they had this Atari, they obviously got it from my, my 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 mother and my aunt when they were younger, but my grandmother was the most prolific player on it. And if you sat down to play like two player Pac-Man, you could like get up, go for a bike ride, do you know, read Aristotle, and then you'd come back, and this lady would still be playing Pac-Man. And she was, like, so good at it. And then when my sister got a Game Boy, and we showed her Tetris, my grandmother played Tetris, and again, like, she played it till the batteries ran out in the machine. Then got up, left... Came back home with her <laughs> own Game Boy with Tetris, and she goes, "The guy talked me into this game, and he talked her into some game that wasn't her game." But my, my grandmother was the most amazing, Doctor <laughs> Mario. You would, and she would start like at level twenty-two when it was like all the way to the top of the screen, and she'd just be like, "Crazy." And she went through, I think, six or seven Game Boys because she would wear them out because she'd play them every day. Loved them. Uh, Loved the Game Boy. That's but anyways, the 90s. You're getting ahead of yourself. That's 90s. <laughs> Atari. Right. Uh, those games, I used to love playing at my grandmother's. Like, I've, told you that's, I've told the story, I think, on the podcast before where my dad entered in a second chance to win raffle. And he won a big screen TV, which at that point was a 27-inch TV, an Atari 50 games for the Atari, a pinball machine, which was like a quarter size pinball machine, you know, like a small air hockey table. You're like, all really fun when I was like, like not even born yet, and I just get born into that situation where all that stuff is there. So once I became old enough to understand like how to hook it up, I was hooking that thing up. And we, I was playing Defender uh, quite a bit, uh, Berserk. Uh, adventure. Those were land, air, sea battle. Pitfall. I didn't have Pitfall. The big Pitfall man. But yeah, I uh, think Pitfall, Pitfall came out we after, like, when after he won that, we had fifty games or what? You know, it might not have been fifty, but you know, there was. Yeah, yeah. I could go down in the basement and yeah, find a bunch of games them because I have them. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh. Growing up, I didn't have an Atari, but I was able to get an NES, like, late 80s, early 90s. But prior to that, my uncle had a Nintendo. 
So I do remember playing it, like just your regular like Super Mario Brothers, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl, mm-hmm. fantastic games. And I remember the one time, because my uncle lived at my grandmother's house. And anytime I would sleep over at my grandmother's house, we would go and we would rent a movie. And there was a weekend that I was able to convince her into letting me rent the Roger Rabbit NES game. Uh-huh. Because I was able to say, like, <laughs> no, it's it's a video game, but it's based off of the movie. So you can watch me play the movie. And I remember playing it, but that's actually the game that ruined my uncle's Nintendo. Because to that point, like, all the games he had, like, he never rented. He never, like, bought anything used. His games were, like, brand new. And the Nintendo would work fine. Like, there was no, like, oh, put it in, like, drop the springs down, turn it on, turn it off, take it out, load it, blow in it. It wasn't until... I rented Roger Rabbit that he started to have problems with his 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System. And I felt so bad about that. And also, that was a terrible Nintendo game, and I don't think I got to do (laughs) anything in that game. But it's one of those memories. It lives in the back of the head there. Nintendo games... Because I had a I had a a good amount of Nintendo games. Because I had a Nintendo, I, I got a Nintendo. Nintendo games. If I went to play them now, they'd be like, "Well, this is freaking easy. You're like, this is the easiest game I've ever played. Like, this is so easy." But at the time, it being like a six year old, they were way beyond my scale. And I had so many superhero games. I had X Men. I had Silver Surfer. I had um, Fester from Adam's Family. I had a Punisher game. Like, I had so many superhero games. Uh, but they were all beyond, like, my my, my skill set as a six-year-old. And I think we, as a generation, lucked out that we evolved as players as the games and systems continue to evolve. And now that they've evolved past me, like a fighting game Mm -hmm. in the nineties, I could play a fighting game in the two thousands is beyond me. It's all combos and crazy, uh, skill sets and remembering lines of like how to do moves. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You probably had a little bit of that back then. You just don't remember it. Yes. I mean, I had like I had like Tekken. You know, like I Sega CD. I had Tekken and Streets of Rage, which were was like wasn't really side scrolling beat 'em up. Well, you had some combos yeah. in that too. Well, at least by Streets of Rage two, you did. You had some combos. But that's the nineties. Why do you keep on dragging us to the nineties, guys? It's it's the eighties. Reminiscing time. And did we reminisce enough? I've reminisced enough because guys, I'm I'm ready to go eat some pizzerias, snap into a Charleston chew. Gotta, I gotta get some food in me. <laughs> I'm gonna have a big bowl of spaghetti. But guys, that was our uh 
80s retrospective look back, uh, nostalgia bomb. So if there's anything we missed or forgot about, let us know. Email us over at baggingboardcast.com or any of the social media posts for this episode. Also, let us know your thoughts. Tell your friends about us. We just, just like talking about stuff that we like, obviously. And if you lived in Mooresville, Pennsylvania, and you remember me doing that for the talent show, uh, let me know what grade it was in. So that'd be nice. All right.